Hi, I'm Alice. Hi, I'm Justin. And you're listening to the Otterly Allison Podcast. Who knows what we'll talk about. No, I locked my door, so he couldn't get in. All he could do was knock. And you know, when I was growing up, my parents had these, there were these locks on the top of the door that slid into a screw. And I remember waiting until I was just big enough to jump up and like move the lock. <laughs> but that's how they dealt with us staying out of rooms. Yeah, he he's not old enough to know how to like use like something to poke because it's one of those kind where you can just push a little like pen or something in there uh, yeah like a safety so, yeah safety lock or whatever yeah yeah so yeah he's school is still closed so oh is it so daycare is is like is that a preschool like a nursery school yeah he goes to um well, he was going to like a local daycare, and we can cut this out. Closed, you, by the way, no, you're fine. They closed like just completely. Like on a Wednesday, they sent an email saying the daycare is closed effective Monday. Like close, close, forever closed. It's an interim closure because they are trying to, they didn't have enough staff, which is a normal problem for like all schools, but they don't have enough staff and they're trying to like restructure the daycare part. And Mr. Optimistic in the other room, David was like, well, it says school-aged kids are fine. And like, he's school-aged, but because of our like weeks on, weeks off, he can't be in the school part because he's not here full time. So he stays in the daycare and because of that, he couldn't stay. So now I've been, and calling and the one place that has availability they misled me I'll say that instead of lying and they still they were supposed to send me like registration stuff um, Tuesday and I still don't have it yikes so fortunately my lovely mother-in-law watched him for me on Mon or Tuesday so that was super helpful. But add, add this to my my list <laughs> of reasons not to have children. <laughs> what did I add? Alexa, oh. yeah. oh, go away! Oh, God, <laughs> go away! Add it to your shopping list. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't want okay, to... <laughs> I deleted "go away" for you. God was like, Justin, you will have children. <laughs> I never said the A word. I never said the A word. Oh man. But yeah, so he's been home with me since Monday. Very nice. You, I took uh, that's why I took PTO on Monday. You don't seem as stressed as you could seem. Um, maybe you're putting on a good front. I am really good at masking. So. I saw mom face when he came in there, so I, I recognized yeah. mom face. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was trying to be an funny. <laughs> playground here that has free Wi-Fi. So I actually worked all morning from there yesterday. Wow, playgrounds have Wi-Fi now? Well, it's an inside one. And it's actually a really cool place because you can't, it's for like up to 12. 
So like the trampoline parts are great, but he's so little that big kids run him over and he wants to be on like the stuff for the big kids. And he can't because he's four. And so the one, it's actually like in town, so I don't have to drive clear to Augusta. And it's free Wi-Fi, little kids, all the stuff is like his size. And I can see, no matter where I sit, I can see everything. And so. Sounds pretty cool. It is. So I was working from there yesterday. I've just, when you said free Wi-Fi at the park, I'm picturing you like, because it's cold right now, like outside yeah. near a swing set, like shivering, trying to work on the Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, we went to the park Monday because the indoor place was closed and I did not know it was closed. And so we went to the park and I, we were not dressed for the park. So we only stayed for like 45 minutes because I was cold. He was running around, so he was nice and warm, but I was freezing. The cold is all that much worse this year because it got so warm. And like everything started blooming and coming out and then now it's just like deep freeze. Yeah. Which I'm kind of okay with because like the mosquitoes were so bad last year. I don't know if they were up there or if they ever are. Uh, yeah. But... I mean, they were more than usual. I had to have spray on and I don't usually have to yeah. do that. Yeah. But this year, like it got warm. So there were mosquitoes and then it like, it's so cold right now. Like it was, it's. 47 right now, but when I got up this morning, it was like 32. Yeah. And then we get our yard sprayed for mosquitoes because we have a small kid and a dog, and they came out and sprayed like last week. So it was like perfect timing. <laughs> and we also get, which what's funny is before I moved to South Carolina, I had never heard of getting your house pressure washed. Like I had never heard of that. And the pollen was bad in Oklahoma, but it's like so much worse here that everything's yeah. just coated, which is why people get their house pressure washed. And so I have to text my guy to get on his list, but I wait till after pollen season. So We finally invested in a pressure washer for that reason yeah. in the cars and the driveway and stuff. But yeah. it's like, if you see somebody's house where they don't clean it regularly, you can tell it gets like a moldy yeah. kind of look yeah. to it. Yeah. Well, we have one for like the back patio because we're out there all the time. David grills all the time and we want to get all the oil and grease and, that comes to, he even has like a grill mat and it's still, we have to clean it off. But yeah. the guy that does the house has like the special like soap chemicals, whatever that like right. kind of protects it for about a year. So he just comes out once a year and does. And where, where you are too is the sun. The sun just beats on your house. Yes. Like so bad yes. the first year we moved in we got um leaf filter is the only one i can think of they're not leaf filter but they're essentially the same thing just a different brand it's something with the name i think frog in it because our gutters were getting so bad because we had so many trees around us and so we had that done like the first month we lived here and it was like the best investment ever the trees should help with the sun though i guess well, they just, so we had an empty lot next door that's been empty for the whole time we lived here, but the girl I bought the house from, she actually does my hair, so we talk all the time. Um, the people that own the lot live in New York and have been planning on building for years. Well, they finally are clearing it to build the house, so now all the trees are clear. How did your um how'd your workshop go yesterday? It went well. It's funny because I haven't done one in such a long time. And it was ITAM. 
which I haven't done eye scan in a long time. I was curious, yeah. And and so what was funny is I am. This is why I think I was a very good architect. Is knowing someone's gonna do eye tan. I always make sure we do the product catalog first because it acts just like the service catalog until you flip the procurement switch. Right. And so that way, if they're planning on doing procurement later, if they're not, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. If they're planning on doing procurement later, it's better to start with the product catalog, have them build out their models so they can see how to start maintaining it now because the effort's about the same if you're not doing procurement and you're just building the catalog items. And so we were going through it yesterday and they were, I had to put together because in the SAW it says MVP. And while I love that you all put MVP, I hate that you all put MVP because that means something different to everybody. Yeah. So we covered, let's agree on what, what MVP? MVP is first. And then I actually put together a slide that showed here's MVP and it had like MVP and it had phase two, phase three. So they could see this is what you're getting today. And here's how we're going to be moving forward. And they were like, okay. And so that was, I met internally with the project team because I don't talk to them regularly. And they were like, I think we need to show them, you know, I was like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to do this. And they're like, no, they will absolutely need it. So I have my little, here's MVP, here's phase one. Cause they don't own ham or Sam. They just have the ITSM. Okay, ITM. Yeah. So then I'm like going through our demo instance, showing them the product catalog and I, the, they were like, don't show us procurement or we'll want it. And I was like, all right. So I just showed, they already just... own it, but it's, it's phase two. It's not MVP. So I said, all right, I'll stop when it gets to that point. And so one of the guys goes, now, do we own this or is this a bait and switch to get us to buy something? I was like, I'm not in sales. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what you buy. <laughs> and he just kind of laughed. He was like, all right. I said, now, I don't know your approval licenses. So depending on who you want to approve. And he goes, we're figuring that out. So don't worry. And I was like, all right, then I'm not bait and switching you. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> so. I, you know, I hate that. Like you touched on... Mm -hmm. um, you touched on two things. Number one, I want to lose a thought. That's great feedback on specifying what MVP actually is. So thank you for that. I could use that feedback because we do use it a lot, but we don't necessarily spell it out. Um, but his feeling there, that I don't want to miss that either. That bait and switch, like, um, and this is this is a criticism of ServiceNow, and I don't care that it's public. <laughs> is that it's so complex, the licensing and the SKUs and the seats and the fulfillers that people, customers do feel like every time they turn around, yeah. it's like, uh, ting, 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 you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's frustrating for us to, <laughs> um, like in your role, when you're just trying to do a workshop or in my role where I'm like, Oh, do you have this problem? Here's the solution. But you know, and it's like, yeah. it is kind of a, just every time we have a conversation. Well, and I got pulled into, um, one of our customers was wanting to build a very custom solution that, if I were the one solutioning it, I would be like, you really need HR licenses to utilize the table extensions because if we have to build them all from scratch, it's gonna cost so much more. And so our sales rep got very frustrated with me and I don't fault him for that. Our SC, who was not you, got very frustrated with me. 
And so David, it is. And I was like, I understand that you all think this is simple, but if they don't own these licenses, then it's not. And so they're like, well, let's all get on a call with ServiceNow because they're now mad at us because the price went up like exponentially. So they're SC. And once again, I love ServiceNow and no fault to this SC. But he was like, Allison, I built this demo out and it only took me this amount of time. I said, okay, great. What products did you use to build it out? And he was like, well, what do you mean? I said, did you use HR table structures and extend from them? He's like, well, yeah. I said, they don't own HR. So how are you going to tell me that I can do exactly what you did and the amount of time you did it when they don't have access to the things you use? And he just was like, oh. <laughs> Do you remember there was, and I'm trying to be very careful not to say names, yeah. there was a Canadian customer when you and I went through this exact same thing. They wanted uh, recruiting and ServiceNow That's extended exactly all the HR to- Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> you just weren't on that call. Okay. David was on yeah. that call, but he was very frustrated with David. He was very frustrated with me. But yeah, I found out that, yeah, it was super easy for them to build the demo because they were utilizing all the table structures that we would want to utilize because we don't want to introduce tech debt. We don't want to introduce all of these maintenance things, especially because they're planning on buying HR in the future. Why are we going to bastardize it to just have to redo it later? Yeah. So, yeah, it was. And that demo, too, I just, I, you may know this, but they also showed the HR dashboard, the HR workspace, mm -hmm. stuff. Just like, mm -hmm. but, but, but we're not selling HR. But what are we doing? So yeah. sorry, ServiceNow team, you know, yes. you're not perfect. We We're not you, perfect. But, yeah. But just know when you build a demo, please use only what they own or tell them you will need to buy this. Yeah. I had a conversation with Kevin about another account we're, we're talking about on another thing. And I built a demo. I built a proof of concept. And then Kevin had to go actually build it for the customers. And I told him, like, I was like, hey, I want to see what you did because yeah. when I build, I build to make it, you know, look pretty or get the message across, but I'm not thinking about all the downstream implications of, you know, yeah. this has to go into production. So I'd love to see what you built uh, to right. see how that turns out. So I'm totally like, um, I don't think I'd ever say, well, when I built the demo, it only took, like, cause that just to me right there is yeah. like, well, well, wait a second, like, mine doesn't have to be production. Yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately the customer was not on that call. It was just us in service now. And so we could speak fairly freely about it. But I would like, as he was walking me through it, I was like, yeah, but they don't own any of the stuff you're talking about. So we will yeah. have to build it from scratch. And that was kind of finally the light bulb moment for everybody of like, and so I, I was talking to Sean afterwards and was like, I hope I didn't come across like, just not flexible, but it's just, you ask why the price increased. Yeah. This is why, you know. So. Yeah. And like when that particular use case um, was recruiting, and mm -hmm. um, I believe it was a specialty kind of recruiting too. I'm not going to say what yeah. the specialty was. I'm trying not yeah. to be, <laughs> reveal customer information, <laughs> but it, you know, recruiting is one of those things where that is like an established discipline mm -hmm. or 
yeah. uh, function where there's point solutions for it and very yeah. good ones, very bad ones. Um, yeah. And it was like trying to recreate that in the service now mm -hmm. and then tie it into, like you said, long-term, they're going to want to, after you recruit, then yep. you want to onboard, right? And then yeah. all that other stuff that comes with it. So, yeah. And we already know that that was their plan is to buy it in the future. If they were yeah. saying we're never going to buy it, okay. Different story. But when yeah. we know we're going to buy it, that just seems silly. And then like what I didn't know, because I'm not Canadian, the Canadian recruiting process is so different than oh, it yes. is here. The, competitions you know. they call it like yeah that a, was what it was yeah it's so weird i i hadn't thought but i mean if you think about you are in a competition like yeah. against other people um but they have some really strict standards around what we would call equal opportunity employment mm -hmm. they call it something else but it was like yeah. like you get um you get a letter afterwards that saying that you know you weren't selected oh, for these part. reasons yeah it's like really um i don't know it's not i'm not judging it it's 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 different no. than us, but uh, I'm not saying ours is perfect either. But. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice, like, if you didn't get a job to know, like, why? Yeah, you know? when I was like, a hiring manager, I called every person I didn't really? hire. I did, I because I was like, I felt like when I'm interviewing you, I'm making a connection, whether you're you're yeah. hired or not. And one, like you said, one of my pet peeves was not even knowing. Like, it was just like. Yeah silence in most of them and i'm like that's so yeah. annoying so. i do think our recruiters are pretty good because they always ask us like as the interviewers like you know can you give us details of you know why we're not moving forward with them and like i try and tell them and they, i think they're pretty good about calling everyone regardless and so it's when i'm hiring for more senior roles those I try to be I'm more I'm kinder more kind whatever that is mm -hmm. to my more junior people that interview because I feel like I want to tell them like hey these are the things you need to work on yeah so that when you want to try and get one of these roles because that's the feedback they need to know is it's not you as a person it's your skills and here's where you need to like get better and the more senior old I feel like I don't have to do that as much but, yeah i have some fun interviewing stories of just things people have said like we asked one guy who was interviewing to be an architect and i always start with what's the difference between a client script and a business role just i think everybody should be able to answer that and i don't need a definition i just need you know Client runs on the client, business rules on the server. This guy was like, well, a business role is something that the business is needing us to do. And I was like, I mean, technically you're not wrong, but also you're very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had put on his resume, he'd been doing service now for like 12 or 13 years. I was like, oh, well, what release did you start on? Because that will tell me if you're lying about how long you've been doing. He's like, I don't know. I don't really track that. Maybe like two. And I was like, well, what's the most recent release you've worked on? He's like, once again, I don't really track that, but like six. I'm like, so not even a city. You're just throwing a dart at a wall hoping six. Wow. <laughs> That's an obvious no for me. Mm -hmm. I oh, mean, that was the shortest interview I've ever done. 17 minutes and we were over. <laughs> I, the, the, one of the, my favorite things about ServiceNow is the city names of the releases. And yeah. like, I think in every 
team meeting or even external meeting, like the, when yeah. people introduce themselves, it's usually referencing, hey, I've been yeah. around since whatever release. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Um, the business rule versus client scripts. I, I thought that would, that was interesting too, because I'm sitting here, how would I answer that question? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't think I, my mind immediately went to server client. It went to like, the business rule yeah. is something I'm going to run on insert or update or yeah. something like that. And I don't need all that. Yeah. That's like my later mind. on in the interview, I may ask you, like, give me some examples of when you would use a business rule versus a client. You know, like I do that as we get farther in the interview, but I have like a bunch of base questions that we've actually sent to the recruiter, the screening questions, because there for a while we were getting people that, I don't fault people for wanting a role in this ecosystem at all, but like some of the people, it was just like, have you seen (laughs) certain Have you worked in there? So it, we have a couple of screening. We can have like a whole podcast on just interviewing the service now. <laughs> I almost want you to interview role. me. Like I said, that sounds selfish and like, but I'm almost like, I wonder how I would do. Cause I technically, I never interviewed for an architect or a TC. I went mm-hmm. straight to solution consulting. Yeah. Um, I had experience with service now, but I'd never yeah. did a technical interview. And technical interviews are different than. Yes. And I have had some really difficult technical interviews. And I've had some that it was really interesting. Like after I got my CMA, I have never had a technical interview. Huh. Everywhere just I've assumed. Applied, yeah. They just assume that. And what was interesting about the CMA program is I was really nervous about it because I have imposter syndrome, don't we all? Yes. And I was like, I can't believe I got in. Like, I was very just like, I, they're gonna see me. They're gonna know like instantly that I, I shouldn't be here. And like the first day we were at our in-person immersion, cause it was before COVID. I got to go to Amsterdam and it was a blast. Um, yeah. And literally the first day they were like, this isn't a technical course. And I was like, thank god and no coding required (laughs) they were like we know you wouldn't be here if you didn't have you know some because we had to you know fill out a very not super long but at the time it was just filling out a form now you have to do a video but at the time they were like we know you guys know that stuff this is about soft skills it's about like we had a ton of pre-sales people not a ton we had about like a fourth of the people were pre-sales only, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then when we went through the board reviews, a lot of the people, because you can fail once and still do a retake and it's fine. Um, A lot of the people who failed the first time, it was because they were too technical, like in the board review, because they set up the board review, like you're explaining to a CIO, an architect and, um, like a program manager. And so you have to be able to talk to all three audiences. And I just remember being like, I can happily shut down all the technical talk. (laughs) And one of the feedback, because I did fail my first one. And part of it, in my opinion, is because I did not have the bandwidth from the employer I worked for at the time to dedicate time to my presentation and to what all I was going to do. And the second time I took PTO so I could just sit and 
focus and like I ran through it so many times and my feedback on my first failure was um, I was really great at shutting down the technical talk but I needed to talk about it a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh, okay but they were like your soft skills are great you're really great at like engaging people and all of that and your cadence and your presentation all that's okay well I completely read it everything for my second one and fortunately one of the I don't want to say judges because that's not the right word but one of the panelists he was in my first one and then he was in my second one and literally after the second one he was like that was so much better like I can tell that you had the time I was like oh yeah I have been like I was like three minutes early on the cutoff like I and I walked out there I was like I know I nailed it like I knew after the second time I I hope this is the most popular episode because that that what you just explained, I want to highlight, double click, whatever, a couple of things you just said. Um, number one was being both technical and personable, like being a human and a robot at the same time, right? Um, like being a robot, meaning being technical, like that is mm -hmm. so important. And I, I've met worked with many technical people that are brilliant, but you put them in front of some a customer or mm -hmm. business person and it's just like... They just, you know, they're too technical. And, and I like, I think it's a skill that can be developed to be yes. more personable or whatever. But you're touching on something key there. And then I've already lost the second one that I thought was, um, that I think is really important. So you were talking about, oh, like once you've, um, like you could have taken that failure, that rejection and just totally been like, screw the CMA program. I just, you know, this is not for me, whatever. But, um, what you did and what I didn't learn until later on in life, like using your PTO for something that's going to advance your career, like so mm -hmm. smart, but just, you don't, people don't really think about it. It's like, you know, okay. you're like, oh, this is associated with my job. So I need to do that while I'm working or in my spare time. But it's like, no, if this is really, really important to you take the day off or however many days you take off. So I think those are two, like there's a bunch of great stuff you said yeah. there, but yeah. yeah. And I like when, before I went into my first board review, I was so nervous because I knew I hadn't. And part of it was I was not fortunate enough to work at an employer who really understood what I was doing. Like they didn't understand what the CMA program was. Right. The boss I had when I started at that job did, and he still worked there, but he wasn't my boss at the time. And so while I was going through it, like if I would ask for like time because you had to do attend sessions throughout the week, they were like, no, that's an addition to your job. And I'm like, so I was working. Yeah. If you counted what I was doing for the CMA program, I was working 60 plus hours a week and I had a newborn. And so, <laughs> my son was just shy of a year old when I started the program. So he was born in November and then August of the next year is when I started the program. And so I had a baby <laughs> as well. I and can't wait I just remember I, when I failed, it was like, I knew I failed when I left. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to wallow tonight. Like I actually went <laughs> and bought like a baby bottle of Tito's. <laughs> and I wallowed in my hotel room for the evening. And then I was like, okay. And what's nice is when you fail, they give you tons of feedback. Like they give you one-on-one -on -one feedback. And so I was talking with um, the guy who ran the program who is amazing. And 
he just came back to service now and I'm so glad because he was like one of my favorite people in the whole program and we sat down and we talked through it and he was like you know what happened what do you feel like you need to be better I just need time to prepare he goes I agree like that and then here are some tips and tricks for the next time and so literally I I left the second one and I knew like I knew that I passed like I I know I had to wait for the email and I anxiously waited, but like I knew I passed when I left. And like, I'm glad I did or I would have felt really awful that I was that badly judging how I did. But yeah. That's awesome. Um, I think that yeah. is the perfect place to end our latest episode. Uh, not just because we're at time, but it's just a, yeah. it's such a inspiring, uh, you know, to anybody who's listening or watching, that's uh, definitely inspiring. And it should be kind of like, you can do this. Freaking Allison had a baby while she's getting her CMA. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole like event in itself. Like, well, I didn't yeah. have him while I was in the program. He was just very, very small. And yeah. I was working all these hours plus doing this program. And and that's like, well, again, not a parent, but that's the time where they're the most needing the most care, right? Like they're the yeah. most dependent on you. So yeah, it's still yeah. of quite a feat. Uh, congratulations. Thank Congratulations on being a CMA and um, congratulations on being a podcaster because um, this recording marks the first recording since we went public with our podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had released our first episode last week, second episode this week. We're off our schedule a little bit on recording, but that's just (laughs) because Allison and I schedules are crazy. So. So yeah, congratulations. I'm just looking forward to more of this. This is fun. I'm excited for you to apply and get it. Yes, I'm um, <laughs> maybe. Yes. <laughs> I've done most of the prerequisites. I think I have like one more or something to do. So and I'll be another one of those pre-sales people in the program. <laughs> we'll work on your application together. I'll, I'll take you up on that. Yes. And uh, maybe I can even practice on you. Now, you will be different, though, because everyone else that's a CMA here's name is Dan, so. <laughs> I could be the honorary Dan. That's great. <laughs> well, Mike's Justin. already the honorary Dan, so. Okay. It's me and Mike and the Dan's. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, Mike, Mike, I've, I've actually been done a video with Mike, yeah. so yeah, he's great. Cool. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day you. and everyone me else, too. too. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. All right, cool. Thanks, Allison. All right, bye. Bye.